and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your host for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Happy six-month anniversary to season 15, episode 18, Despair. The end of Supernatural. The end of Supernatural. Canonically, there's not been another episode since Since. then. (laughs) Also, to clarify, it's our six-month anniversary. You will be hearing this a little later, so... Yes. (laughs) Yes. But you're able to celebrate the six-month whenever your heart desires. Yes, today is May 5th. So, cheers to Destiel. Yes. Happy six months, Dean Cass Cannon. Happy six months in Super Hell. Yeah. <laughs> Happy six months to my sanity dying. <laughs> Happy six months to me getting a Twitter again. Because <laughs> I was like, what the fuck happened? In light of that, I thought today we could talk about favorite queer characters in media or in books or whatever, or favorite ships, canon or not. Ooh, I like this. So I'm going to say two couples, because I'm going to give you one canon couple, and then I'm going to give you one ship. I'm so excited. For my canon couple, I have to give it to my girls, Nomi and Amanita from oh, Sense8. Yes! Don't you just love them? <laughs> They're both so beautiful. Like, the two actresses just have such chemistry together. It's, like, palpable. Like, even when they're all having weird inner orgies, like, you can yeah, still... Yeah, like, the, the fucking mind orgies. The mind orgies. And, like, the last fucking shot of the entire series, including, like, the follow-up, is the fucking rainbow strap-on that Amanita yes! was using on Nomi during the orgy, and it's got, like, goo dripping off of it. Oh, my God. And I'm like, yes. Yes radical queer love exactly like i felt like they're just what we need more of in tv Mm. um and then i'm gonna go with my my ship and i'm going with this one because it's really relevant with season two coming out but i'm going with and correct me if i pronounce wrong jaraskier jaraskier oh oh jaskier Jaskier. yes that's such a good one i think it's a good one and i'm really Mm -hmm. excited to see because like uh what's his name the the bard i just lost it for some reason it's different in the show i know it's dandelion in the books yeah i don't he just has like that chaotic bisexual Mm -hmm. wait hold on isn't his name in the show Jaskier? Yes, yes, Jaskier. So Gerald Jaskier. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know what the ship name uh, you're, you're, is. So the ship name yeah. is spelled with a G instead of a J. Oh, That's okay. where I got tongue tied because okay. Gerald Jaskier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he has kind of like that chaotic bisexual, mm-hmm. but also like the anxious bisexual going. Yes, for real. And then Gerald has like the kind of slutty but also repressed energy i don't think he has repressed energy at all that motherfucker is a horny bitch he's super horny but i feel like towards women yes but i feel like there is that underlying if he had the chance with a man like jaskier man love is repressed i don't think it's repressed i think there's less opportunities it's like the classic it's easier to hook up with people of the opposite sex Mm. because it's like story of my life yeah right (laughs) mine too until last year (laughs) but i specifically there was a certain episode in season one 
where Jaskier gets injured, and it's literally just a sick hurt fan fiction. Mm. Oh, shut the fuck up! Yeah. Yes, that's right. Oh my god, the one with the neck. Yeah. Oh my god. Thing. Hello. Because he's just like that. Gerald spends the whole time like talking about how annoying Jaskier is <laughs> and like kind of poking fun at him, and then like the second he gets hurt, he's like big feels. Mm-hmm. Like my life will end if I let this fucker die. It was just so yes. good. Ugh. I loved it. Adorable. So, what about you, Allie? <laughs> Mine is so fucking nerdy. <laughs> Good. But shout out to my little sister. <laughs> she'll totally agree. Arthur and Merlin. Yes, Classic. bitch! Oh, that God. is the ship. the ship. And I, like, didn't realize exactly how gay it was until i rewatched it and then what, it was really like, like the like first or second episode well, there's yeah, a part like where he's like that show came yeah, out okay <laughs> that's fair i keep forgetting that you're like that much younger yeah. than us because like when i was watching that with um someone i used to be really close mm-hmm. with we got into it because it was yes. so fucking gay we were like this is the most homoerotic bullshit i've ever seen in my fucking life i was like a lep no i had to be a little older i was probably like 13 and the, the second episode there's a part or in, in the first few that's like get on your knees oh my and god like, that's so funny and now i'm like oh my god that was fucking gay i know but i love it um also i do want to shout out to my new favorite couple and you cannot fucking tell me this is not true they are fucking in my hero academia eraserhead and present mike yes eraserhead is the goth girlfriend present mike the happy chaotic bisexual because there's no fucking way eraserhead would be doing the announcements right alongside present mike unless he was made to by his boyfriend i have no idea what any of that (laughs) means but i support you thank you Thank you. This is my only ship in my hero, and I believe so fucking strongly in it. I agree with this ship. I actually think it's the strongest ship, and I think it's really mm-hmm. told well between the lines because there's something to say about like a character who was just unwilling to do anything mm-hmm. except for, for one person mm-hmm. who's like just their quotation marks friend. Ugh, I love that. I love that. And but- I'm- not bringing down other ships because yes. there are other ships but i will say the other ships are pretty strong in that they show are. as well <laughs> i'm just opinion. saying this one is so no one i haven't heard anyone talk about it i just it's feel so strongly one. that i can't even think about anything else. well i think the reason is because that show i mean everyone likes it but it does appeal to a younger generation mm-hmm. so they're not in necessarily into like the older ships like we would be because those are two teachers meanwhile on my work badge is a eraser head pin (laughs) (laughs) well what about you jasper we're ready for it i love all of the ones that you've given already Mm -hmm. um a canon couple that i fucking love even though i'm not a big fan of the story itself tbh is vanille and fang from (gasps) final fantasy uh 13 yes oh my god the like eternal i will always kill and or die for you like (laughs) what the fuck and then like fang is like a sports lesbian and vanille is like a bubblegum princess with a bad attitude what a good combination i fucking love them they're so fun i just remember like thinking how romantic their storyline was the first time i played the game that was like the only thing i really liked in the game like everything else i was like whatever whatever i mean the gameplay was i like the gameplay honestly 
But, like, in terms of the story, that was what really kept me caring at all, was the two of them. Like, wow. Yes. I've never heard of this, but I am still stuck, and this is the term that I want associated with me for the rest of my life, bubblegum bisexual. Mm. That is what I want to be in life. You can also have the addendum with a bad attitude. With a bad... Oh, true, true, true. I think you qualify. (laughs) I'm gonna adopt this. Perfect. But keep going, Jasper. Um, and... Yeah. Oh, you know what? I really, really like... What is the ship name for Buffy and Faith? I don't know the official name, but we just had a conversation about this, so I'm so disappointing I don't. Everyone is, like, they're all so gay. Honestly, I really don't mind, like, the Willow Faith one either. I'm like... I'm, like, crazy. I Faith is just, like, got big lesbian energy, and I think she could fuck anyone in that storyline, and I would be okay with Can it. Can we actually talk about something from Buffy related to that ship? Okay. If we ever do a rewatch, I have a theory, and I want you to kind of watch with me. Buffy dresses similarly to whoever she's obsessed with at the time. The first season, she's, like, constantly wearing light colors and overalls, like Willow. When she's dating, starts getting more into Angel, that's when, like, the maroon, like, leather jacket and stuff comes out. Yeah, she, she like, takes his jacket. Yes, she does take his jacket, but even, like, her style underneath it, when she and Faith start having that, like, really strong, like, sexual attraction to each other that's palpable, she starts dressing like Faith. I like this is swear. very interesting to me, and the only thing I'll disagree about is I think early seasons Buffy dresses a lot like, um, oh, what the fuck is her name? Charisma Carpenter's character. Why can oh, I not remember? Um, yeah, um, Cordelia. Oh, Cordelia. Ooh, maybe that's it. Maybe she had a thing for Cordelia. It's funny you say this, because a week ago I saw a TikTok, and that's an actual theory. Really? Yeah, it's an actual, and I've seen, like, the photograph that they went if through. If you find that, Incredible. send it back to me. I, I want to see it. Perfect. Today's episode is season one, episode 21, Salvation, the one where the boys babysit part-time. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble and Rail Tucker and directed by Robert Singer. It originally aired on April 27th, 2006. So how about that little intro? I like the I, intro. I love mm-hmm. it. It's Honestly, so good. This is like my favorite Meg episode oh, this season. She's amazing. She's, I like, I'm such a simp for her yes. in this episode in particular. The pan from the um, stained glass to the gold to the priest. Yes. And then fucking Meg walks in with more power than anything else you just saw. I yeah. And her little, her, like, adorable doe eyes when she's like, I met a man and slit his throat. I'm like, bitch, step on me. Yes. (laughs) uh. No, Jasper was just saying that we're good about not talking about our sex lives. I can't help that I'm really (laughs) horny for Meg in this episode, okay? The priest (laughs) was like, salvation is created for sinners. And then she just looks up with those big baby doll eyes. Yeah. Such a good scene. So good. And then I love when he runs down and like barricades the door and then his gun display. Oh, his little gun cove. That was so cool. I feel like we were really robbed not having Jim Murphy as a character. Yes. yes in I want to know one. more. I want, like, a fucking warrior priest. Like, yeah. what the hell? Don't tease us with this shit. Drives me fucking insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially, like, we've gotten, like, hints that, like, there's... They call them 
players, the boys, like there's other players who are out mm-hmm. like hunting, you know, paranormal entities and like helping people. But like, I do kind of wish that that was something we got more of in season mm-hmm. one. Because I don't know. Yeah. It does. I think you said this in like the first or second episode or something. You were like, they can't be the only motherfuckers <laughs> yeah. like killing things out here. But with the way it's presented to us, it's almost as if that is the case. Yeah, it feels very isolating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is- uh, well, I think, though, that's partially just because of the fact that they're on the road and yes. like being transient and all of that you know, is inherently isolating socially. Yes, that but makes they sense. have those connections. They do. So I'm like, I want to see it. Yeah, because we haven't had an episode yet. Well, I think maybe one where they've um, had like, I don't know, like there's such like there should be an, some episodes where like mm-hmm. a hunter is like, hey, I need help. I'm working mm-hmm. this case. Mm-hmm. Can like you come in and then we get to see like another badass hunter that they work next to. I think that's just has been like a missed plot point that we could have had at this point let's hope for the future speaking of jim Mm -hmm. murphy his death made me Uh, laugh so hard he looks like a fish with his mouth wide open yeah and his like jaw was kind of askew Mm -hmm. although i will say it's better than some of the other death scenes that we've had I hate it when they do the, oh, I'm dying, yes. rattling breath, blah, I close my eyes now. I just didn't feel like his mouth needed to be so yeah. agape. Yeah, but. that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm not saying that's a good thing when people say sexist phrases. However, watching Bake have two major sexist phrases that she throws back at men, like saying that you throw at a girl quote, I'm here for it. Yes. I'm here for her emasculating men. Yeah. No, it's hot. <coughs> like, please take them down a peg. Oh, absolutely. Especially in this show. Take them down a peg and then go peg them. <laughs> You're just getting on Jasper Make. for talking about Make. their sex life. That's like a me joke that you just made. <laughs> like, wow, I'm like a bad influence. What's I thought happening it fit here? well in my head and then I said it. I'm like, oh, I, mm, I ab- abort this mission. <laughs> <laughs> so they call him Pastor Jim and it's not ever clarified. I, I don't know that much about the different Protestant Christian sects mm-hmm. and like what their wardrobe and like worship spaces look like that much. But that worship space looked extremely Catholic extremely. and they made a point to give him a very Irish name, which yeah. stereotypically is paired with like the Catholicism thing. So why then is he Pastor Jim and not Father Jim? I know that's like a tiny thing and like I'm insane, but it bothers me. It bothers me. So I grew up going to like every type of Protestant Uh church you could imagine from like Lutheran to Baptist to any sort of Protestant. We church jumped a lot, but typically in like Protestant religions, you are supposed to, you can dress nice, like that's Uh normal, but like you're not supposed to wear any type of like religious garb. That was like one of the things Mm. the Protestant church was originally getting away from when they like left the Catholic church because they wanted to get away from mm-hmm. like the kind of rich, I don't know, but it just, it's very unusual. I mean, he's not wearing anything like any rich garb. The only thing he has the is the wear. little, the, yes. I don't know the name of it, the white tab that they put it under the collar. But like you would never see that in a Protestant religion. Yeah. Even. And with the um, stained glass and then the communion wine cup, 
Yeah. That is very Catholic. It looks super Catholic to me. I, I was it, like, I'm pretty sure they de-emphasize. Mm-hmm. I the, think that was just a misstep from the yeah, writing team. I think I it was meant to be a Catholic church. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that's not just me. I know it's like a stupid time. Maybe thing his first name's matter. Pastor. No, his first name's Jim. Jim Murphy. I want it to oh. be Pastor, <laughs> pastor middle, middle Name Jim, Jim. Murphy. Father Pastor, Father pastor Jim. Pastor. <laughs> I love that. So after um, <laughs> Pastor Father, <laughs> Father Pastor, Father Pastor Murphy Jim, Murphy Slim Jim Murphy gets his throat slit. That's when we then cut to the boys and john oh we get a fun little montage of his crazy man conspiracy pinboard wall but i just realized you said meg has the doe eyes and it literally cuts to like the doe eye yeah yeah i like that yeah like you know little mm-hmm. little visual metaphors yeah. happening look at that look at that so, set construction yeah I thought <laughs> shout out to y'all pretty good mm-hmm. but are we ever going to get a scene that is just not absolutely infuriating with John in it? No. That scene was infuriating. It was infuriating. The very, like, first line we get is we have Sam talking about a vision that he got. Oh, no, that's later. Oh, is that later? Yeah, this scene scene is infuriating for a different reason. I can tell you why. It's because he's like that's what i know basically and he's been like running around acting like he knows all this crap mm-hmm. and literally what he told them was like yeah there's demon omens uh and some house fires that's it yes he doesn't know and shit at all he, he's just like a fucking mm-hmm. ugh, he's such a liar and he creates a situation where, like, they put him up on a pedestal so that they have to listen to him all the time because mm-hmm. they feel like he has all the information and they don't. So he's the authority. And his, like, eye, use of eye language, I hate. I don't know why. Mm. But he's always mm-hmm. just like, this is what I know. This is how this affects me. Like, it's all, I don't know. He cannot oh, see. Oh, you mean, you mean, I thought you meant, like, use of the eyeball. Oh, but no. you mean, like... <laughs> I like yeah, me. the way Personal she pronouns. talks is just like so condescending and like selfish. Mm-hmm. I've never seen another character written with dialogue that way. That's true. It's really strange. And I think it really shows his gaslighting because he, yeah, he keeps himself in that position of power by kind of sprinkling out the knowledge when he could have just said it from day one. Yeah. Like you could have been like, this is what I'm looking for keep an eye out or fucking anything right um and i do think it's really interesting that in this scene they talk about the demon and always call it it they don't say he or she they say it specifically in this scene i don't think they do that with other demons usually no i don't think they do and even this demon every other time i've heard i think they say the demon takes the form of a man so usually they say he so it was just interesting how they i think i feel like they've said it in the past because they haven't yeah. like seen it before they said <clears throat> but they said the yellow-eyed demon and i thought they said he i don't think they've said i don't oh. think they've said yd yet i, I think they start doing it after this episode no they haven't they haven't referred to the oh i apologize yet. we no, did get a okay. spotlight though so yes. at least you know no i know yeah i know it's the <laughs> demon. it's not been referred to they they've um this show has done a pretty good job of mm-hmm. trying to keep the big bad like in shrouded in mystery and i think that's yeah. the use of that language as well they pulled a bird box 
Don't show mm-hmm. the monster as a trope because it heightens the suspense mm-hmm. and anxiety. You don't know what to expect and your mind fills in the blanks with the scariest thing that you can think of. Yes. A.K.A. Papa Winchester. Yeah, he's terrifying. Stop saying <laughs> Papa Winchester. It's my like favorite. Like he's a cute old man. Daddy. I will kill you. No! <laughs> so yeah, I think like this scene, we just kind of get a recap of what's going on. But mm-hmm. like they don't really present us anything new. Um, They get the cattle death temperature fluctuation storm electrical storm storm that precedes the demon on the conspiracy pin board he does also have images of hurricanes and tsunami Mm. type stuff which i thought was interesting so i looked up some of the signs of a demon like the demons around is it time for the lore yeah this one just has like a sprinkling of lore yeah the episode doesn't have a whole lot of new content to really delve into in that regard as end of season it's going back over yeah yeah yeah. um but i tried looking this up i couldn't find much but i've watched so many scary shows that i know what at least they portray (laughs) so i apologize that there's not clear sources but the inverted cross pentagrams sulfur smells food rotting like hordes of flies that's a very Mm, common one um people acting angry or irrational who have been in this space and unexplained negative events which i mean natural phenomenons could count yeah so the cattle death absolutely goes with this oh animal death is a big one animal death in general yeah Yeah. i was gonna say especially birds i feel like are a big thing but birds are like certain types of birds Mm -hmm. as we've discussed are associated with the afterlife and psychopomps and things like that so birds and like rats i feel like rats yeah yeah those are usually the two and i think like rats because they're so associated with infestation and Mm -hmm. disease but that's all i thought it was cool that it's relative and i thought that uh, i really like the idea of the electrical storms yeah um, because i do think like if something's in the like energies there that would make sense would you consider women having their stomachs slid telekinetically put up to the roof and conflagrated a sign of a demon coming no (laughs) that was so specific i think that's a sign of the demon's there. <laughs> um, another thing I find interesting about trying to research omens related mm-hmm. to demon presence and whatever, because I have read, I, I do periodically go into deep dives about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff mm-hmm. just because I like it, not specifically because of Supernatural, just to be clear. <laughs> um, it seems to be really relative um regionally like mm-hmm. it really depends on the culture of the place you're researching and time period and too. time period i looked at a few that had medieval and some of those are similar and it's hard because there's also demonic possession but this is not possession right so i didn't want to do that because this is just demonic presence yeah mm-hmm. so it's different kind of uh, not symptoms different omens yeah well incredible thank you ali of course thank you for listening Another thing that happens in that scene where they're talking about the omens is that Sam and Dean have a little spat right Mm. there where Sam is like, everything's my responsibility to take care of, even if it's not my fault. And Dean's like, shut up. (laughs) I do like your character voices, first of all. I do like that because that that little scene kind of sets the tone for their relationship Mm -hmm. in this episode. Yeah, and I I think um, it's consistent with their dynamic in the final scenes Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, the boys were very well written this episode. Yeah. 
even if like they weren't necessarily they were in the episode a lot but there was a lot of like meg scenes and a lot of john scenes yeah there's a lot of just john which is the first time it's been like that yes true like the other episode he was in a lot was the vampire one Mm -hmm. and then he was in one more but you're right there's no like solo john yeah which i thought was interesting Right after this scene, they're in the car, and there's that sign for Salvation Iowa. Oh, yeah. Which on the sign, it says, are you ready for Judgment Day? I just found out where Iowa is like two weeks ago, but this feels like (laughs) such an accurate thing for that region. Yeah, for the Midwest. Yes. Yes. So God-fearing. Yeah, we would know. Where is it? Isn't it like um, just south of us? South of Illinois? Right? No, no, no. I mean, south of us, that the hell is real sign. Yes. Oh, yeah. We have the hell is real sign. Definitely. That's us. The hell is real. And the cheese barn. And the cheese barn. And the cheese barn. (laughs) Conveniently located near the hell is real sign. My next, um, like, formal tattoo that I get an appointment for, I want... Hell is real? The hell is real sign. I love that. I want, like, a landscape portrait of it with, like, a like a picture frame and Ooh. everything. I want a, a tramp Halloween. stamp, that would be amazing. Yeah. Did you just say a tramp stamp? Yes. Excuse <laughs> you, no. I want a Halloween party where we just dress as weird things from Ohio. I love that I'm concept. Down. But, yeah, the Midwest. That's the essence of the Midwest. Hell is real. Are you ready for death? For death. <laughs> no, it's like, You're gonna are die. you ready for judgment no. day? <laughs> oh, judgment day. That's what it was. When we get to Salvation Iowa and they go into the hospital, mm-hmm. we immediately get that Dean flirting scene, mm-hmm. which didn't really feel like it had anything to do with the episode. No. But she's gorgeous. Her smile. Uh, yeah, holy crap. Jasper visibly reacted. He was like, oh. Man. But yeah, you're right. There, It was like <laughs> content-wise completely not relevant. I think they were contrasting um, the work styles of the three of them. Because yes. first they show John mm-hmm. and he's putting on some kind of badge. And then they show Sam who's like studiously mm-hmm. flipping through things. And the nurse is like, here you go, officer. And then Dean is doing his little, I'm going to flirt my way mm-hmm. into the into the info yes. thing. So I think that's all that was. It's just to cement their their different investigation styles. That makes sense. I'm so mad about the dad because he is so oily and in <laughs> such, like, not bad clothes, but not, not official clothes. Like, who the fuck is going to give this ratty-ass man the list of children who have right. been born and are turning six months? Like, just one badge clipped onto his outfit he's been driving in for days and I'm sure he hasn't showered. He looks like he smells. Yes. 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 Like, I would, I know we've talked about this with the boys in other episodes, but he is, like, the epitome of what we've complained about. Like, yes. he didn't even try. Like, how do you expect people to listen to you? And it's just, like, on top of that, with, like, the reputation they try and build up for John being, like, you know, such a good hunter or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even Meg comments on, like, his reputation or whatever. You know, it's just like, well, what the fuck when you actually see him? at it just like in the vampire episode he gets beat the shit out of Mm -hmm. like immediately and then you're just like this is the guy really this grease ball yeah Yeah. (laughs) i uh i thought the vision sequence in this episode was a lot better yeah than uh some of the other ones like there was a lot less ooh, ah (laughs) aha 
ow <laughs> kind of nonsense. It was it was like a little more subdued. It was still kind of obnoxious in my opinion, mm-hmm. but it was better. Um, when you become a mother, does that nightgown just show up in your mail? Oh my god, right? The matching nightgown. All moms wear. Yeah, at first white I thought moo-moos to bed. This was some kind of symbolism, and I'm like, oh, I guess not. I guess it's just <laughs> the motherhood gown. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you purchase this? Like, does a new store you've never been able to see before you realize it's there, and you get all your moo-moos? No, they just the government sends oh. it to you in the mail, like they do in Sweden. Like when you have a baby, they send yeah. a care package here in America. You just get like a weird the white, white gown. Just a moo-moo. They're like with good like luck. The three buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good yeah. luck. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> so you want to look like an adult baby doll? Here yeah, you go. Yeah, exactly. I do like the sequence of the vision itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there were a lot of frames that really intentionally resembled frames of the prologue in the first mm-hmm. episode yes. of the original fire that uh, Sam was in, especially the shots of like the things on mm-hmm. the dresser, the, like the kind of angles they did oh, and the way the... shadows were played with. And with like the, uh, what's that turning thing called? The, the rotating mobile. light The mobile. Thing. And then they had the moon and stars clock, which was similar to stuff in the yes. boys room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there so was, I like, love the, that. The ballerina light instead yes. of like the moon light. Yeah. And, they, didn't they have like a baseball light yeah, and this they, time uh, it was the, ballerina? They had the baseball mobile. Yeah. I don't know about the light. I will yeah, say- it was the sports, the sports mobile. Yes. Yeah. This time they had the clown. Why did they stay? Like the camera was on the clown yeah. for like a good like five or ten seconds. I was why like, is that what for the child? Shit? This isn't the first time either. Like anytime we've had children's toys or children's things. Yeah, clowns. Why? Clowns yeah. are like the weird monkey with the symbol. Yes. <laughs> there was a clown in that episode. There was. Yeah. She had the creepy clown doll in yeah, her behind. Bed frame. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I next feel like to they want to be like, oh, these are children's toys, but we still want to remind you that this is like a spooky show. You know what? I will buy my kids those creepy toys just so. I'm going to like hand make them for <gasps> your kids. Oh, please so they're do. Even Vood- no, no, we're not doing going appropriation. Yeah. No. I was going to say voodoo dolls and then I'm like, we're well, better I'm also, than this. I'm also not going to like put your, I'm not going to make an effigy of your children. <laughs> Like, I feel like that's kind of crazy. Like, what if someone gets their hands on that? Yeah, thank you. And second of all, like, I feel like even you would be a little weirded out if I was like, hey, Allie, give me some of your baby's fingernails. Yes. I can't even imagine what I'd say. Now I'm going to have to do that. So after this vision is then when we get, like, the hotel room with John and the two boys, correct? Yeah, and that's when John is, like, finding out mm-hmm. about the visions and the dreams. And so stuff. I had a question about this. Yeah. John is friends with the psychic lady. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who she had hinted at Sam having psychic mm-hmm. abilities. Well, she didn't hint. She flat out was, like, said. She, she said he has, a, like, powerful abilities. Like, didn't they had a conversation she, about it. Didn't she tell that to John? And like the final scene, I think yeah. it's implied. No, she. I think she straight up told him. She straight up told him in a way that makes you think mm-hmm. that this is part of a larger conversation. Yes, because he wasn't surprised by it. Either fucking way, the dad hunts monsters. That's what he spends his life doing, and you don't think your child can have premonitions of literal demons that you hunt, right? Yeah, especially since she was a tool that he would go and use, like her psychic abilities. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so weird for him to immediately be dismissive. Well, I don't think he was dismissive. I think he was affronted. Yes. And I think part of it has to do with just, like, the way he treats Sam in general. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think this moment is more about the way he treats Dean, yes. though. Yeah. It's just that you're supposed to be taking care of your little brother oh and, God. like, not telling me about this important thing is you being lax in that responsibility. When Dean goes off. Oh, it's amazing. Yes, bitch. You tell him. You tell him. I love that. I forgot that he brought up that oh. he was dying. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck have you been here for? Yeah, because he's like, why didn't you call? And he's yeah. like, uh, what about when we were in Lawrence? What about when I almost died? Mm-hmm. You know? And then that motherfucker is just like, you're right. But does he apologize? Nope. No. He gets oh, the last word in. I have his quote, too. And I have things to say about it. Because he says, I want you to go to school to Sam. Mm-hmm. I want Dean to have a home. I want Mary alive. I just want this to be over. And I love how this is so clearly, like, his narcissist asks what he thinks his children need. Like, he thinks that Sam needs to go back to school. He thinks Dean needs the home when really they just needed a fucking parent to support well, them or even care. before that quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was the other thing, yeah, too. Yeah, where he's like... When he's like, you're right, Dean, but I don't like this new tone that you're taking. Yeah. It's just so fucking infuriating. Like, I would have been throwing hands. Like, are you kidding me? Fuck that guy. Yeah. I put when I saw his truck that he has small dick energy, but I think throughout this entire episode. Oh, this whole episode. He has small Small dick dick energy. So here's another thing, too, to bring it back to the psychic thing and that phone call. He Mm -hmm. is like... So he knows that Sam has strong psychic abilities and he's like, why didn't you call me? Bitch, why didn't you call your child to check up on your child when you found out about that? Yeah, exactly. The other thing is that he doubts that Sam is correct about this. Also, he's like, well, just because you're having a vision about it, why do you think? And like having had the conversation Mm -hmm. with Missouri and whatever, I'm like, like, are you fucking stupid? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on in your brain? Denial. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it reminds me kind of, and I know it's a stretch, but of families that are okay with gay people being outside of the family, but if someone inside of the family were to be gay, it would be a problem, and that's kind of how it felt with the psychic abilities. Like, yeah, other people can have visions. Are we talking about Sam's character arc being queer coded yeah i think yeah i think definitely queer coded and even if it didn't imply he was queer i think just that like i've seen it sadly in families where they're like well yeah as a concept it's fine but as soon as it's in their household it's yeah which is so problematic i'm not justifying yeah yeah yeah. no and then pairing it with the Mm -hmm. whole like black sheep of the family dynamic that he has and the throwing him out like don't come back Mm -hmm. that's that gay shit that's that gay shit that that we like (laughs) yeah there's something with about john's character too so i'm not gonna read too much into this but i feel like there's some bad writing around Mm. his character too like I just feel like he's very inconsistent when he's given new information. It's just weird to me. And, like, we have to go off of what's presented, like, the final product. Mm -hmm. Like, we've talked Mm -hmm. about before. So, in this, we just have to take it as him being an Mm -hmm. asshole. But just, like, not having those early conversations affect, like, him learning new information. It's just weird to me. 
I don't know. Do you mean the the quote unquote new information? From both both scenes that we've had him in now, like the, I'm giving you this new information in the first time we talked to him, but it's shit that we already know and they already Mm -hmm. know. And then the second scene with like the visions, I just don't feel like John is a well-written character. Mm -hmm. I don't. I I, I understand the inconsistency, but I think the fact that we react and like, honestly, most of the fandom reacts so viscerally Mm -hmm. to this character is indicative of the fact that um, he is actually pretty well written like i i think like not all the time obviously there's moments where i'm like this is dumb and that might be true down the road but i guess for me as a first time viewer just seeing him in this season yeah yeah i think it's like congress because you're right it is so spotty and i think like they set him up to be hated well but the info he has it just doesn't match up i think you're absolutely right jordan yeah I kind of just write it away as, oh, he's a n- narcissistic parrot, and, like, they live in their own worlds and don't understand fully. Yeah. So... so there's also one other quote from the scene that I wanted to bring up. Oh, please do. Sure. So after they have their kind of family spat, then we mm-hmm. move on to kind of the plot. Oh, the and phone call? The f- yes. And so we have the phone call with, with Meg, and then after, they, like, ask about Meg being a demon, and John is kind of like, she's either a demon or... Or she's possessed by one. It doesn't really matter. And I'm like, if she's possessed by one, that is a victim. A yeah. poor girl walking around. <laughs> Be- and he does not care. No, because she's a woman. He doesn't care. Well, I don't. Huh. <laughs> wow. I mean, probably. I mean, I don't know. We don't know enough about how he interacts with women, just about how he's, like, pedestalized his wife. Mm-hmm. Yes. To say, you know, with certainty that he's a misogynist. But, I mean, come on. Look at the guy. Yeah. But anyway- Look at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what greasy man like that isn't a misogynist. I meant observe his other personality <laughs> traits. Allie. <laughs> I just like the idea of greasy men all being misogynist because it kind of feels true. <laughs> You know, guilty until proven innocent there Mm -hmm. is my general feeling. (laughs) But, I mean, the thing there is that he doesn't care because he, this is his one thing. And he has to, to, like, get to this point. It doesn't matter to him whether or not Meg is a victim Mm -hmm. because she's in the way. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, she's got to go. He's very (gasps) single-minded. Do people ship the demon and the dad? I could see that being a weird ship. The yellow-eyed demon? Yeah. I mean, I can I can check the AO3 tags. I'm just curious. There's like shit. There's so many fucking. Please tell us if supernatural. this is a thing. I'll uh, I can look this up okay. later too. Yes, please. So Jordan, earlier you mentioned that that quote. I want. I just want this to be over. Mm-hmm. That bit, and I feel like that comment that he makes kind of carries over into the next scene where they're giving, they're trading John the fake for the real cult and then he leaves i felt with that scene because of the fact that he doesn't really promise to not die you get the the sense that he expects to Mm -hmm. right there like like you don't really know what he might do to prevent it Mm -hmm. but just his whole tone from the previous scene and then like his weird calm nonchalance mm-hmm. leaving feels very like haha gonna kermit yeah yeah it does feel very much like prepared for that well especially with the whole like this is your fight now yeah like he's passing the torch passing the torch and they have the mm-hmm. the literal visual yes def- with the gun with the mm-hmm. gun yeah yep. yeah yeah 
And I feel like it just makes sense when people build their lives on revenge or on one main focus. You know, not to bring it back to Mm -hmm. the first quote, but when I had said the salvation was created for sinners, I don't feel like that's a quote that is true to this show. This show, just at this point, feels very much about people getting what's coming to them. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's not like a lot of room for forgiveness. It's all about revenge. This is why we need what Father Pastor Jim <laughs> fucking whatever. We need his life story. Yes. I bet he'd be a good father, literal or metaphorical. The show would be this season's particularly would be so interesting if they did add a step in father figure character. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about that dynamic. Do you want to talk about John in um where is it that he goes? Wherever the hell she was. Yeah, wherever she was, some mm-hmm. fucking empty warehouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did like this first scene of him there because he gets there before her mm-hmm. and he's sort of like case in the joint. This was the first time that he like actually kind of lived up yes. to yeah. what he had been built up to. When yeah, he like blesses he's... that water tank. Yeah. I hate him, but it's such a good fucking yeah. move. It's I smart. Ugh perfection yeah i love that so much and i wrote down the same thing i'm like oh like we're seeing him actually be crafty yeah because like in the vampire episode (laughs) blundering idiot he literally like threw his kids at the problem and this one we get meg's second sexist saying that i love what she say the second well this one's not as sexist but it does emasculate she goes hmm I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. She's such a her, she's such a character in this episode. I, I love want it. to be her. Oh, she's such a bitch. I love it. I love when she's on the phone. She's like, "What's your blood pressure, John?" <laughs> Go off. Thank you. Yeah, I actually really liked this whole mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. And the red lighting behind her, they do when she's on the phone call. And yeah. when yeah. her and the um, other demon we don't even get a name of come out, they're like backlit with red and her blonde hair like yeah. soaked through with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's so visually pleasing. We love it. We love it. This is this is what we really like. We don't need the gray. No. This is what we need. And it can be like kind of monotonous except for one well-chosen color it doesn't have to be incredibly vibrant like i wouldn't call that scene vibrant but it was well chosen and it just was so fucking good so good yes and that actress oh she's so good she's so good i wish she didn't have the horrible bowl cut but (laughs) i do kind of like that it reminds me of like the japanese tv trope uh genki girls yeah (laughs) and i think like her whole like attitude is like an evil ganky girl so it kind of fits i don't know (laughs) i don't know why but i love the bull haircut really i think she's like the only person who can pull it off i feel like she's the lost hansen sister (laughs) i don't know who we're talking about the hansen brothers oh oh (laughs) i was like uh what so I think there's a break in these scenes, and mm-hmm. that's when we get Sam's interaction mm-hmm. with the will-be victim of the yellow-eyed demon. Oh, when he meets her when she's, like, out with the kid? Yeah. That's yes. a little earlier, but... Yeah, but we we did have that, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I thought that felt a little more natural than some of the other... Yeah. I agree. ...like, weird investigation-type interactions that they have. Until the mm-hmm. end, where he's like, take care of yourself. 
Yeah. <laughs> so dramatic. Oh, I liked the, um, it's like she can read your mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and when someone says a baby never cries, I immediately am like, They're what evil. the fuck is wrong? That's an evil baby. Um, that was me as a baby. Oh, Jordan. I was. I'm We're all neurodivergent. <laughs> I cried constantly. Um, but also, this baby's really ugly and looks like a potato. It's a baby. It's so ugly. Allie, I need to get this out. Allie, listen. I don't know what to tell you, but all babies are ugly. No, that is not true. They're all ugly. That is not true. They're beautiful takes, babies. It takes a few. It, it takes like a while for them to start to look like not potatoes. No, Especially this baby's this ugly. State, this is like a baby baby like yeah i just spent all day with the baby well you spent with like she's a little older than this though but even when she was like form i swear to you babies are not usually this ugly this is an ugly baby oh well this baby is a teenager now so hopefully you're doing better Allie, when you have babies i will be honest <laughs> with you about if your baby is ugly about how ugly they are oh i know yeah. they'll be ugly okay well as long as you know <laughs> To follow up, I did like this scene outside of the house when um, Sam and Dean are, like, waiting. It reminded me a lot of the Striga episode mm-hmm. because of the way they have to wait for the monster to show mm-hmm. in order for the plan to work. And the family and the baby effectively become the bait. And mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that, you know, in something wicked, they're very... They, they fight about whether or not to use the mm-hmm. kid as bait and allow him to have agency mm-hmm. of choice there like do you want to help us out or not but in this case they don't and i wonder to what extent their strategy is changed due to higher and more personal stakes because mm-hmm. it's about them specifically well especially sam in this episode yeah 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 and then there we also get the line like we should tell the truth mm. nah <laughs> Like, I thought that was kind of... I love that they included the idea of, like, how the family would react to people breaking in. Because it would be so difficult to achieve what you're trying to do when these people think you're maybe going to murder them. Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Yes. Because of the way they agree about lying. Yeah. Jasper, every time you bring up bugs, we say we'll never talk about bugs again. I'm sorry. And we said this while we watched it. But like and bugs was ugh. like the, it was like an episode kind of about lies. And it was True. kind of like. It's very relevant to this moment. Is yeah. The thing, because in the car, they argue about whether or not to tell the truth to the family about the curse. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying. I know. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> I truly hate to. It's a horrible episode. So I have a question, actually. Yeah. Do John or either of these brothers own a single fucking pair of sneakers? Yeah. Like, why are... Okay, because they're like... I always feel like they're in, like, steel-toed boots <laughs> trying to, like, sneak into somebody's house with, like, <laughs> wooden floors. Right. Like, put on your damn sneakers. I want to see them barefoot. It just feels like it doesn't exist. We've, we've had we've had bare feet in bed. Allie Sam. is a foot freak. We have learned. <laughs> no, this is not what I'm saying. <laughs> it just doesn't feel possible, and I feel like it'd be most quiet sneaking in without. Yeah, shoes but on. also like not necessarily practical if you're going to be running through a burning mm. building. True. True. Uh, well, wardrobe issues aside, yes. <laughs> wardrobe issues aside, they're really 
There weren't any fashion mm-hmm. things to talk about. Oh, uh, no. Iconic Meg in her red leather, her light blue jeans, and her white, because she looks like the, like, all-American girl that's taken on the jean jacket. She... She was wearing basically the same outfit in shadow. Yes. She was. I just want to shout out how good it is, though. It is good. It was, a, and I think it was a little more red in this episode just yes. because of the It lighting. did look redder, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it might have been a little more muted. Yeah. I, before. This is so weird, but I love that they showed us how the mom is dragged up the wall. Because I've always wondered, do they just, like, yeet them into the air and smash them on the ceiling, these right. women? Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to see that kind of, like, slow ascent and the fear in it. Yeah. Yeah, because with, like, Jess and the mom, it almost just felt like they were teleported. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah, because it's because of the way they're trying to, like, shock you yeah. with the fact mm-hmm. that it's happening instead of using dread as a tool of fear. Yeah, so that was so interesting to me. Well, and I think that was kind of the, a part of this episode, too, was, like, demystifying the main plot. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting there. We're almost there. So One I'm excited. More. Is this a moment of revelation as opposed to obfuscation? Yes, <laughs> for once. <laughs> <laughs> I just Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how this demon has a semi-popped collar every yeah. time we see it. I think that's, and I brought this up before, but I think that's on purpose because that's how John wears his mm-hmm. coat. Yes. And the only other person who does that is Dean to copy John. And so I think that is supposed to be a visual metaphor. I agree. It was just, parallel. it's just so funny. Sometimes. What he like kind of looks like to me is when they don't, like, actually show you the pictures of Carmen San Diego when you're, like, trying to follow the silhouette, like, running through the world. That's kind of what the yellow-eyed demon looked like or to like me. Or, like, the commercial break Pokemon. Yes! Yay! Ooh, that Pokemon. It's the yellow-eyed demon. <laughs> it's so true. Before they actually break into the house, that's when we mm-hmm. get the second scene with John. Oh, when Meg gets shot. When I love that scene. Yes, oh, she's just not scene. expecting it at all. And I love how it fully takes her a moment. Like, the other guy has to be like, this isn't right, because she's so just actively pissed. I almost wonder if the scene would have been better if Meg had instead shot the other demon guy mm. but i guess we need to build the demon guy up because he hasn't had any characterization yet yeah i wish meg had shot him it would feel like he felt like a henchman well except for the fact that he walks in and she's like he's not as fun as me yeah. so we, she sets us up to think that he's like kind and, of a hard ass whereas she's like flirty mm-hmm. and kind of like, shit talker yeah i vote we kill that demon and keep meg just for I have a feeling fun. neither of them are going to survive the next episode, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. But yeah, no, I like this scene. This was like mm-hmm. the only like the only scenes with John that I really liked was mm. him on his own with yeah. these two demons. Yeah, that's yeah, true. and he runs away and turns on the valve which releases the water. <sighs> they need better shoes. Those shoes were not protecting them from that holy water. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's something that bothered me a little. I also kind of wish he did like a Scooby-Doo moment where he turned it on and kept running and then we'd see them run into it and sizzle a little and have to run back. (laughs) That would be so fun. Give me more Scooby-Doo scenes. Yeah, I want them like running between a hallway full of doors. Yes, Benny Hill music. (laughs) And a 
controlling so the other way. We want, we want the same fucking dynamic in the action scene as we got in Bugs. You realize yes. that's what oh, you're no. saying, Jordan. <laughs> Wait, so true. That's what Allie's saying. I liked this scene. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I just enjoyed this one overall. Yeah, I think they made good use of a lot of, like, horror things mm-hmm. overall in this episode. Like, we were talking about the red lighting and stuff yeah. earlier. Um, and the sort of, like, labyrinthine hallways with the pipes mm-hmm. and whatever in that warehouse. But also, um, with the stakeout that Sam and Dean are doing, they do the flickering lights and the yes. radio mm-hmm. static and the high-pitched noises and stuff. Which are incidentally also associated with UFO really? things. Yeah, the only other thing that they could have thrown in there would be like loss of time. Yes. Yeah. I really like the slash tires part too. Oh yeah. I love yeah. when that trope gets brought up. Because well, it, they did it shows that. that too that like John is good because like he went and cased mm-hmm. the place out first, but the demons are good too. They did yeah. that same. He's like met his match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gave a lot of um oomph to the villain. I think now is when they sneak into the house and get caught immediately. Yeah. I do love that in contrast to Mm -hmm. John in episode one in the prologue, that dad has his shit together. He is waiting for them with that baseball bat. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) John was like snoring, (laughs) passed out on the fucking recliner. Because the dad (laughs) must have known that they were watching his house. Yeah. And talking to his wife. So. Well, he probably, what I get from that is less the talking to the wife thing and more seeing that car out there all day. Yes. And then mm-hmm. there would be an audible sound from the way they broke mm-hmm. in. Yes. True. The picking the lock. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. But like, go that guy. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Also, they're super lucky that when the scene with the mother did happen, that she wasn't like totally traumatized after because she was like, don't worry, they saved us. I'm like, if that was me that it just happened to, I would be so stunned. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to process and be like, no, it wasn't the, like their fault. To and the when husband. you see someone from the street, like someone from the street that's now in your house, that doesn't. That can't feel good. No. But it makes sense. That- I think um, sometimes people, like for me, I've talked about how my uh, adrenal response is freeze. But like if someone can like snap you out of it, mm-hmm. yeah. like a lot of the times that'll like flip into like supreme clarity mode yeah, where like everything else falls away. It's like when you're in a high stress like retail or like food service mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. how you can kind of like be really clear headed as long as you're only focusing on mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. and that's what i felt like was going on there yes. like as soon as like she was shook out of it she was yeah. like oh fuck <laughs> like yeah and kind of had it together but that's also obviously coming from me projecting mm-hmm. how i deal with shit Plus, like, this, but... at the end of the day, too, they're trying to push a narrative along, mm-hmm. so I guess it wouldn't do yeah. much for the narrative <laughs> if she was stunned. I think it's fine to yeah. have right there. They needed to have that moment of, like, vindication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was a good scene. 
I even liked seeing the demon peer from like the window. Yeah, yes, I really I, liked oh, that. And it was just the shadow. Yeah. It was so eerie in a perfectly done way. It was mm-hmm. just enough. And I think it even kind of flashes back again to episode one where they're standing outside like watching their house burn. But mm-hmm. instead of like loss this time, it's like, yeah, we got them out. There were a couple of echoes of that first episode or a few more continuing mm-hmm. on at the house. Dean is the one to save the baby from the fire. Mm-hmm. And Dean then holds Sam back from running back into the fire. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like in episode one. Yes. And then to skip ahead to the next scene where they argue, there's a reversal of that bridge scene where mm. Sam's like, mom isn't coming back. Mm-hmm. So whatever. And like Dean is like, don't talk about mom like that. But they do it the other way around. Yeah. Um, and Dean is all in like practical thinking mm-hmm. mode because he's trying to like keep his family together and Sam is in like importing John Winchester's headspace mm-hmm. mode and freaks out. And I really like that too because I think that's like good character development for an end of a season where in the yeah. first episode it's like we care about ending this like generational thing mm-hmm. that our life has been built around and then now at the end of the season it's more than that. It's like now you're with your family and you're Mm -hmm. thinking about like how can I protect my family Mm -hmm. and keep my family together it's nice it was a good juxtaposition like those two scenes and it shows like a lot of development Mm -hmm. between the two brothers yeah I think we'll probably save this conversation mostly for next time we record so that we can talk about it for our season one wrap Mm -hmm. but the progression of like Sam's descent into obsession Mm -hmm. versus Dean's withdrawal from it yeah yeah, I thought it was really good culmination coming out in this scene. Mm-hmm. How did y'all feel about where this episode leaves off? Uh, what wasn't the last line of dialogue? You're never gonna see your dad again. It was Meg on the phone, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a it's a cliffhanger. cliffhanger. You know, I w- it would be a little bit more impactful if like. I actually cared about John uh, because the thing is, is if let's pretend we're in two, I think it'd be 2007, early 2007 at this point. We're out of 2006 now. I think we're in 2006 still. We're mm-hmm. still in 2006. So 2006, us, we're pretend we're watching this show for the first time. We truly don't know if John is going to make it True. next episode. Yeah. So if he was a likable character, mm-hmm. I imagine that would be a good cliffhanger. Right, right, right. But at watching this we don't have very many stakes in John's well being. So Yeah. <laughs> I do think it's enough that we have the stake in the boys though, because that clearly is something. I actually think they'd be better if they lost their father. <laughs> so maybe you have a stake in <laughs> True one to die. kill off John. <laughs> right. I will say there is one thing I really liked about this episode that other episodes do really poorly. Echoing an old episode, I feel like, is a lot stronger than poorly trying to push some kind of metaphor down our throat that yeah. falls mm. flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Anytime we get an episode where they're not doing that, I just feel like relief. Yes. Yeah. Some of the other episodes, like, I feel the seconds go by as we watch it. This one, it felt like five minutes. Yeah, it yeah. was quick. It flew by because it was so effective, and I yeah. didn't, like, feel out of the story. It wasn't, like, yeah. Route 666, where I'm, like, <laughs> hand ahead. Yeah. It was oh, very man. grounded in the content already presented to mm-hmm. us during this season. Yes. Yeah, and I think you'll be interested to know, Jordan, since when we watched Faith, you commented that you thought whoever wrote that episode should have just wrote the whole season. Yeah. 
it was Sarah Gamble also. Oh, it was, okay. Yeah, it was also Gamble. Oh, that's awesome. This time, yeah. She did great. Yeah. I just think it's so funny because she, when we watched Dead in the Water, mm-hmm. episode three, that was one of the ones we hated yeah. the most. Mm-hmm. And she wrote that one. But also, like, the way she presented women in that episode was really, yeah. like, misogynistic. Yes. But she's also behind Lisa. Okay. Like, that yeah. character is presented in a really misogynist way. And, like, universally, uh, when she's the showrunner, mm-hmm. it, like, the era is kind of disliked. So, like, when you said that, when you said that, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Well, we also have to then look to... I don't want to get too into, like, the mm-hmm. production of TV shows, but, like, we're we also... We that. I, I mean... I'm just not, like, the most knowledgeable about it. Yeah. Well, we also have to look at this is season one. Like, Mm -hmm. how much creative control did she she actually have? have? How many hands were in the pot? There's just so much, like, that could affect an episode. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was that quote from the prologue. Mm -hmm. um, Salvation was created for sinners. Yeah. Because I feel like the way that is highlighted, especially given that the name of the episode is Salvation, Mm. who do we think are the sinners here who are being saved? Like, what what is going on with that quote thematically? You know, what's so weird is when we were first given that quote from Meg, I almost am like, was like, is Meg going to have a change of heart at some point? And maybe that line wouldn't go to waste. But that obviously, in the context of just this episode, of course, we have another one, isn't true. So, mm-hmm. To me, it felt like a super fucking great line that didn't have as much relevance like it, right it doesn't seem like the boys are sinners and just or even more so like they're sinners but there's no salvation right so i didn't yeah i mean the only reason it sticks out as a line to me is because of the fact that it's the title as yeah well. and like they, the way they emphasize it and they go to the town of salvation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so like who is being like saved here Maybe. in a thematic mm-hmm. way like obviously narratively they do save the baby yes yeah they save the mom that family unit is saved but it's not like they save a themselves yeah. yeah it's weird so what's going on with that sometimes i think that's kind of again when we talk about how this show will bring up big, big concepts mm-hmm. and then it'll fall flat. Yeah. Yes. That kind of feels like another one. Yeah. I, I wish they had. Yeah. I this that quote is so good. I wish it were in a different TV show. Right. It would have worked so well in this episode, especially it just. And, right. and like this is a two part episode, so we mm. can still look at next episode and That's true. see if it. Yeah. And yeah. see if there is salvation present in the in the four sinners but sinners yeah please if there is something we're missing please tell us anyone listening i would love to hear your opinion on that line we love getting messages from you it's the highlight of our days yeah for real i got like a dm the other day talking to me seriously about the content of the podcast and i like i don't know i thought i was gonna cry Mm -hmm. i was like wow our our work quote unquote work wow what someone (laughs) taking us seriously what incredible are you guys ready for the fan fiction i am so ready for the fan fiction actually looks like i put down two links (gasps) this time we'll go with Tears of Pastor Jim's. <gasps> Father by... Pastor Jim. Father Pastor <laughs> Jim Murphy Slim Jim. Slim Jim. <laughs> uh, 
Um, this is by Strength and Pain on AO3. The summary reads, I'm so sorry, John said, which alarmed Pastor Jim in a million different ways. Since when did John Winchester apologize? Normally, John would stop over and drop the boys off for Jim to watch without a second thought. But this evening, he was soft-spoken. His eyes held immense amounts of guilt, and that just wasn't like John Winchester. This is not a slash fic. It's a gen fic. Oh, so okay. it's it's not gross. Jordan's like disappointed. I'm a Jordan's little. like, Ugh, I wanted them to fuck. I was like, <laughs> I just want John to get railed by Pastor Father Jim. <laughs> railed by a I'm Slim Jim. <laughs> railed by Slim Jim. <laughs> Could be thick Jim. We don't know. What? <laughs> what the fuck was that Muppet noise, Allie? <laughs> characters are john winchester dean winchester sam winchester and jim murphy additional tags winchester's hurt comfort hurt dean hurt sam sad dean sad sam oh man crying dean crying sam guilty john protective pastor jim comforting big brother dean lots of tears happy ending oh yeah and it's um part six of a series john and his boys so we've talked about this in the striga episode about like our opinions on flashbacks and i just really think john's character would benefit Mm -hmm. from flashbacks of like them growing up like seeing john in those vulnerable moments would make him so much more likable jordan we will revisit what you just said Yes. Okay. We, yeah. Once again, <laughs> yes. we will revisit this topic. <laughs> I love that you bring this up, though, because we'll all be so curious. Like, I wish we could talk about it now, but okay. I want to mark this moment. <laughs> this third time you've brought it up. Yes. <laughs> I, but for real, like, it is, it's so fascinating to see that perception and, yeah, to see where it goes with it. Mm-hmm. Are we ready to read the episode? I think so. I think it's an amazing episode. I don't have any complaints about it, but I'm still going to give it a 4.5 just because, like, I don't feel like it's perfect. And that's just going off of a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give it 4.5 clown mobiles <laughs> out of 5. Wonderful. I'm going to give it 5 out of 5. I thought it was fantastic. Well done. Really fix some of the issues we had in earlier episodes. And I'm just, it makes me so excited for the end of season one and to see that finale and then see the start of season two. Like, I just thought this was like kind of momentous. So I will give it five out of five open fish mouths of death. (laughs) (laughs) Glub, glub. Yeah, similarly to Jordan, there's just something about it that doesn't really grab me as much Mm. even though there's nothing like technically wrong and it hits all the right beats i think for me most of the issue is with pacing yes Mm. but it it just feels like it goes back and forth a little bit too much and i don't like that sort of whiplash i i also think like the scenes with just john could have been shorter yes and i would have liked to see the scenes with just sam and dean expanded a little more instead so i am gonna give this a four out of five Hmm. and i'm gonna expand on that too also the theme of salvation making no sense yeah 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 um except in a literal yeah way yeah 
Jesus. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why I didn't think of that when I was considering my rating. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still going to go with a four. Yeah. But, yeah, of, co- of course I was like, uh, okay. Because, <laughs> because there wasn't anything tying it together, yeah. like, thematically mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, uh, it was it was a fun episode. It was a good episode. It just was missing a little bit of that mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna give this four out of five. New mom moomoos. <laughs> I love it. If anyone had a baby, it's been six months. Yours is coming in the mail soon. Get ready. If I don't get one at a baby shower, I will be so offended. You will get be getting ready. the most matronly you get, one. You'll be getting so many. <laughs> Okay, I regret this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you a new one every month. Yes. Oh my god. Mumu of the month club. Use it to wipe my tears away <laughs> as I regret having children. I thought you were gonna say wipe your ass. <laughs> I was like, Allie, how dare you? That's the least Allie thing. <laughs> I know. That's like definitely like a Jordan thing. Yes. <laughs> predictions now what's next what is next is john gonna live is john gonna die i unfortunately just from this being a 15 year old show know the (laughs) answer to that i think it's time for the showdown i think there's gonna be another family that this thing is gonna come over that they find but instead this time instead of you know this time them just saving Mm -hmm. the family and getting away there's gonna be the showdown Mm. i think and i think the gun is not gonna work They've put a lot of emphasis on this gun, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to have to, the boys are going to find another way. They're going to do it. Hopefully John does die, actually, and gets sent to hell. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be like one of those, like, you know how, like, in these type of shows, like, people die and come back so many times? Maybe this will be the first death of John. Mm. I'm going to predict that. First death of John. Mm. Okay. I love it. All right. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Jefferson City, Missouri. Bye. Bye. Bye.